what if there were a fountain of youth pill that could add decades to your life? Would you take it? Unlocking the Fountain is a podcast about the mysteries of aging and the scientific quest to slow, stop, or even reverse it. When do you think we're going to have the first 150-year-old? I think that person's already alive. Unlocking the Fountain. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Welcome to The Dose. Well, recently I went for my first eye checkup since the pandemic. I'm betting it's been a while for many of you too, especially if you don't wear corrective lenses. But there are some vision-saving reasons why you must get regular eye checkups, even if you have 20-20 vision. So this week we're asking, what do I need to know about taking care of my vision? Hi, Lesia. Welcome to The Dose. Thank you so much, Dr. Goldman. Thank you for inviting me. And I'm very happy that you actually went for your first eye exam since the pandemic, but you should have gone earlier. I, you know what? I will consider myself appropriately scolded because that was really my bad and, and dental care was another thing too, but that's a completely different story. Um, I'm looking forward to this conversation a lot, but even before we start that, you are part of an initiative helping ophthalmologists in Ukraine uh, since the war started there. We've done a show on some, some efforts of Canadians uh, in Ukraine for our other show, White Coat Black Art. So I just wanted you to talk about the kind of work that you've been doing there. Thank you for asking me that question. Um, so, yes, I, I am uh, Ukrainian. I was born and grew up in Ukraine. I came to Canada when I was an adult. So this situation in Ukraine is especially dear to my heart. And uh, when the war in Ukraine started, uh, one of the uh, positive things, if you can call it positive, that happened for me uh, with this war is that I've, I've met a lot of Ukrainian ophthalmologists in Canada. Or I should say ophthalmologists with Ukrainian background. And uh, when the war started, we formed a, an organization called Eyes on Ukraine. And we formed it under the uh, supervision, I guess, of Canadian Ophthalmological Society. The goal of this organization is to provide uh, any assistance we can to ophthalmologists in Ukraine who are providing care to uh, patients who are injured in war or civilians who are injured in war or just patients who need uh, care in, in war situation. So since the war started now over a year ago, we, we've collected uh, quite a bit of money uh, uh, that we are spending on equipment that we sent to Ukraine, medications that we spent, uh, sent to Ukraine. Um, we also uh, translated uh, a manual um, for combat eye injuries that was written by the American uh, military ophthalmologist. So we translated that into Ukrainian that uh, Ukrainian ophthalmologists can now use um, to care for their patients. Lots of different things we are doing, and uh, I'm very happy that we can help in this uh, small way Ukrainian people. And I'm glad you got to talk about that. We don't we don't often uh, start in this kind of way when we're doing the dose, but but I'm so glad you you were able to fill us in on the great work that you're doing. But before we we begin this week's topic on the dose, can you give us a hi? My name is. Tell us what you do and where you do it. Hi, my name is uh, Lesia Shuba. I am an ophthalmologist. Uh, I work at the Victoria General Hospital in Halifax. I spend 80% of my professional life looking after patients in clinics and, and I do surgery. My special interest in, is in glaucoma. 
Uh, I spend also some of my time uh, teaching residents and medical students and fellows, and I'm uh, a director of the fellowship program uh, at Dalhousie for glaucoma. And I think that's an excellent place to begin our conversation, Lesia. So you treat a lot of people with glaucoma, as you've just said. Remind us, for those who don't know, what is glaucoma? So first of all, glaucoma is not one disease. It's it's a complex uh, of, of conditions that uh, have um, similar cause and, and similar outcomes, but the mechanisms are very different. The most common type of glaucoma is a chronic disease that happens over a long period of time. It is caused by high pressure in the eye, and the high pressure in the eye damages the optic nerve, which is a part of the eye that connects the eye to the brain. And the vision loss happens very slowly. It starts in the periphery, so people lose their side vision first. And because it's so slow and insidious, uh, for a very long time, patients will have no symptoms uh, because there is no pain, really. There is no uh, very obvious vision loss. And because of that, quite often, or unfortunately, patients present quite late. And then whatever vision is lost from glaucoma, we cannot bring back. And, of course... Lesia, that is quite different from something that I see as an emergency physician from time to time, not that frequently, fortunately, but there's another type of glaucoma called acute angle closure glaucoma. What's the difference between chronic glaucoma and and acute angle closure glaucoma? Acute glaucoma can be caused by angle closure, so it's one type of acute glaucoma. There are other types of acute glaucoma, and basically what acute glaucoma means is that the pressure in the eye increases uh, quite quickly. It could be over hours or days. And it can be very high. And when that happens, patients do have symptoms. And the symptoms that they usually present with to the emergency room or, or to their eye care providers or family doctors is uh, could be headache, could be just a general headache in the front, like on the forehead, or it could be just a kind of a headachey feeling over the uh, eye that is affected. When the pressure is quite high, patients can actually present with nausea and vomiting and could be initially misdiagnosed with the, uh, some problem with their stomach or, or their digestive system. Uh, the vision is usually affected, but it, it could be quite blurry, but probably the most common symptom would be seeing halos around the light. So that's very different from the chronic glaucoma that you see and treat. And how is chronic glaucoma treated? The goal, first of all, is to decrease the pressure, basically. That's that's how we start treatment of glaucoma. Um, and we usually aim for about 20 to 30% reduction in the pressure as, as a kind of first line of treatment. And as a first line, we can either do a laser um, or we can start with eye drops. There is, unfortunately, no cure for glaucoma, only treatment. So whatever treatment um, we start with quite often needs to be modified or something may may need to be added. None of the treatments uh, uh, always work. So the success of any treatment as a first line treatment is about 70%. So nothing always decreases the pressure. Um, but most of the time we can find uh, something that works. And, and then the important next step is to continue to follow patients because even if the first uh, treatment was successful, either laser or drops, um, it can stop working um, and the pressure may need to be decreased further. So it's very important to continue to see these patients in follow-up to make sure that the treatment that you started is, is still working. So how frequently do you need to see people who have glaucoma to make sure that their pressure's down and that, and that you're monitoring them to make sure that they're not developing ongoing damage to the optic nerve? Excellent question. So 
there are guidelines, there are Canadian guidelines, there are American guidelines, they're all very similar, European guidelines, they're all very similar. And, and basically the frequency of follow-up uh, depends on how uh, advanced glaucoma is and how well controlled uh, the pressure is and the optic nerve changes and the visual field changes. We haven't talked about the visual field, but visual field is a functional test that we use to assess how much vision is uh, lost or, or is remaining from glaucoma. So if somebody has a, a glaucoma that is well controlled, it's not progressing, it's not changing, and let's say they have early glaucoma, then these patients just need to be assessed once a year. If the glaucoma is advanced, those patients need to be seen more frequently, and really sometimes every four months. And this is for those who are well controlled. If, if the pressure is uncontrolled, if there are changes, then those patients need to be seen more frequently. So that's glaucoma. What are some of the other eye conditions that you see commonly in practice that uh, have a bearing that could have a, an adverse impact on vision? Well, I think you probably can't uh, talk about eyes these days and not mention a cataract. Cataract is really the, the most common eye condition um, and the most common cause of vision loss in the world, but luckily it's a reversible vision loss. So if the cataract is diagnosed, it can be treated successfully, very successfully with a surgery. Most patients are very satisfied with their cataract surgery. I think it's probably one of the most satisfying surgeries that we do in medicine in general. And, and patients who have cataracts, they, they do have symptoms. So they will notice that their vision is not clear. Some of the first symptom, symptoms might be glare of the lights, especially when they dry or halos around the lights. Uh, the whole vision is just not as clear. When they notice those problems, they will seek out help and they will be diagnosed with cataract and uh, the cataracts will be treated. Um, so that, that's one condition. Another common condition that we see, and, and you probably again hear quite a bit about it in, in the news and read in the newspapers, is age-related macular degeneration. And that's a condition that happens uh, usually in patients who are older than 65. And it's a condition of the retina, of the uh, center of the retina called macula. And uh, again, it, it can affect vision quite significantly, and there is no cure, unfortunately, for it. But there are some treatments now that can be quite successful. So that's another condition that can, that can limit or, or compromise vision. You haven't mentioned diabetes. Yes, diabetes definitely can affect the vision. And, and uh, this is another condition where I, I, I feel that it is very, very important for patients who have diabetes to have regular eye exam, even if they're totally asymptomatic as far as their eyes, even if they don't see any change in their vision, have no problems with their eyes, they should have their eyes checked because diabetes is a condition, is a condition that can affect any part of the body. And, and quite often the damage happens very slowly. A patient will have no symptoms until some really terrible outcomes can happen. Uh, but if it is detected early, then they can be treated. And the treatments are either lasers or injections of different medicines in the eye, uh, depending on what exactly is happening in the eye because of diabetes. There are different things that diabetes can cause in the eye. You know, to stay on top of, of, of these conditions that, that you've talked about, um, how often should people be getting their, their eyes checked? So for adults uh, uh, who are younger than 65 and have no comorbid conditions, they have no diabetes, uh, and they have no family history of any significant eye disease, especially, especially glaucoma, because family history is a definite risk factor for glaucoma. So if you have no, no of these factors, if you are healthy, no family history of anything, you are under 65, having an eye exam every couple of years is sufficient. 
And one should have an eye exam whether you have symptoms or not, whether you feel that your eyes are working fine or not. You just need to have somebody check your pressures, look inside your eyes to make sure that everything is good. You may not need glasses, and, and glasses requirement is not a disease. It's just the way our eyes are. You may not need glasses, but you need to have somebody look inside the eyes. If you have risk factors, like family history of glaucoma, or if you have diabetes, or if you're 65 and older, then you should have your eyes examined once a year at least. Hi, I'm Paul Haverschrud, host of The Cost of Living. It's a show about money and how it shapes our lives. In big ways, like why inflation could get worse if we all make more money. Here's the hard truth in all of this. Workers are going to have to eat that real wage loss. And small ways, like what's the fastest way to order fast food? That first Big Mac that comes out of the kitchen is going to the drive-thru. Check out The Cost of Living. We're on CBC Listen or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, there are ophthalmologists and there are optometrists. Can you talk a little bit about the difference and who can see which kinds of patients and when it's, it's really important that you see an ophthalmologist? Ophthalmologists are medical doctors. Uh, we, we go to medical school first, become uh, medical doctors, and then we do residency. It's a five-year residency training in ophthalmology. And then we become ophthalmologists. And then uh, many ophthalmologists then go on and further training to become subspecialists like glaucoma or retinal cornea. Optometrists are doctors of optometry. Uh, they attend optometry school. And I think some of them also then may, may subspecialize in some, some specific aspects of, of the eye. I, I'm not very familiar with their training, but optometrists can definitely do screening eye exams. And they're excellent at that. And if somebody has no eye uh, pathology, doesn't need any treatments, they should see an optometrist every year or two, depending on, on their specific risk profile. And optometrists are wonderful at, at doing these eye exams. They also uh, measure the eyes and see if glasses are required. And then if uh, optometrist is notices any um, pathology or are concerned about uh, you know, glaucoma or cataract or macular degeneration or, or changes from diabetes or any other eye conditions that now need treatment, then they would refer them to uh, ophthalmologists. So we've talked about getting regular eye exams. What can people do between visits to take care of their eye health besides, you know, taking the medication as prescribed? Excellent question. Well, taking medications as prescribed is actually very important. It <laughs> so, is, uh, I know. Compliance, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Compliance with the treatment and compliance with uh, appointments is, uh, at least for glaucoma, and this is my subspecialty, is, is very, very important. But I, you know, besides that, looking after the, the general health with the, you know, regular physical activities and healthy diet, it's important for your general well-being. It maintains your blood pressure. It prevents or treats diabetes, a healthy lifestyle and, and uh, physical activity. And, and, and because of that, your eyes will be healthy as well because they will not be affected by diabetes. There are some also eye conditions that can happen quite suddenly and, and they can be quite devastating in patients uh, because of high blood pressure. So again, if you do all these healthy lifestyle uh, routines, your blood pressure will be better and then you'll be at lower risk of developing. These are usually vascular conditions, kind of basically like a stroke to the eye and they're devastating. The vision is lost again suddenly and irreversibly 
And the main cause is not really eye pathology, but your general health pathology, your, your high blood pressure, diabetes, or high cholesterol. So first of all, looking after all those things is, is very helpful. Uh, specifically for eyes, preventing eyes from uh, sunlight is important. The evidence, scientific evidence is not very strong, but it's a very difficult study to do to have a conclusive mm -hmm. evidence. Uh, but there are some studies indicating that uh, preventing your eyes from direct sunlight over your lifetime is helpful in preventing cataracts and age-related macular degeneration. It doesn't prevent everything, but those particular two particular conditions. For age-related macular degeneration, uh, there are some vitamins that uh, are helpful in preventing uh, macular degeneration especially in patients who have significant family history of uh, uh, macular degeneration or in patients who have lost vision in one eye from this disease. If, uh, if you don't have macular degeneration or if you have no family history of macular degeneration, just eating diet full of uh, orange, yellow, red and green vegetables is, is probably just as helpful. But you do need to get these vitamins somehow in your system, either directly from the from the healthy diet, or if you if not, then maybe supplement vitamins. Your mother was right. You should eat carrots. Oh, absolutely. Yes, carrots and peppers. And so a another thing that uh, um, will just maybe help your eye, not necessarily health, but comfort and, and help can help your vision, is just give your eyes a, a rest. If you spend a lot of time in front of a computer uh, or a television or driving, all these activities will not damage your eyes but they will make your eyes uh, feel uncomfortable and tired. Usually the most common cause is dryness because you're, you're staring at your screen and you forget to blink. The eyes become dry, uh, they, they become uncomfortable and the vision becomes blurry. So remember to blink. And if uh, that's not enough, add artificial tears. And just take an occasional break from the screen. You know, look at the distance and then come back to, get back to your work. How much are you concerned about blue light from screens? I don't think that's really there is any scientific evidence that the amount of blue light that our screens is, are emitting is uh, damaging to the eye. There is no evidence that it's damaging to our eyes. It may affect our sleep pattern, but as far as the eye damage, I, I don't think there is any evidence that uh, it's damaging. Much of what you're doing is to try to, to monitor patients and prevent them from suffering devastating vision loss. Um, you've seen this, I'm sure, in your practice. What kind of impact does does profound vision loss have on on your patients, particularly considering that that they may be older to begin with? Maybe they don't adapt as well to vision loss as somebody who's much younger when it happens. Well, it's a, it's really really devastating. It's devastating for everyone, and uh, I, I have unfortunately patients who have lost their vision when they are quite young. I have some who lost their vision, um, I can say young, children even, or lost their vision in, in the adulthood, in the middle of their adulthood when they're, you know, raising family and, and trying to go to work. And I have patients who lost vision later in life. And each of those periods has their own uh, devastations. And it, it is very difficult to tell patients that unfortunately, there is nothing I can do to bring your vision back. It's, it's very, very sad. One of the hardest things I, I, I do actually is, is tell patients that I, they cannot drive. You know, for those of us who drive, you think that we, we will never stop driving. It's just such a uh, second nature for us to be able to drive. And then you tell patients they can't drive because their vision is not legal to drive. And it, it really changes pe 
people's lives. So it's really important that you see a qualified professional on a regular basis to to monitor you to make sure that you're not developing a condition that can compromise your vision. Um, and I wanted to close out. I, of course, as I've already said, I'm an emergency physician. What are the key visual symptoms that should prompt you to drop what you're doing and seek immediate care if you can't reach uh, an ophthalmologist immediately go to the emergency department the the obvious one is vision loss like if you suddenly can't see uh, anything if usually it happens in one eye uh, from one eye even if there is no pain uh, it, it's probably some sort of a stroke to the eye and there are different types of stroke but if you can't see light from the eye uh, that's what it is you should be seen any kind of severe pain in the eye, uh, uh, like a headachey feeling with noisy and vomiting, as, as I described earlier, and change in vision, halos, uh, those are signs of uh, uh, acute glaucoma. Those patients definitely should be seen. Uh, if you have any injury to the eye, you know, blunt or, or with the kind of sharp object, I think those are kind of obvious uh, uh, indications patients should be seen um, even if you think things are, are, are okay if you have a, an injury with a ball or a hockey puck or um, a hockey stick because there are again subtle things in the eye that uh, can get damaged and and that can later in life um, cause problems usually glaucoma <laughs> so these patients should be seen as well uh, flashes and floaters that's a um, that can be a sign of uh, retinal detachment um, so if patients, especially patients who are very nearsighted, they are at increased risk of retinal detachment. If they see flashes of light, like lightning in the eye, and uh, if they see floaters, like black flies in their vision, or a curtain going over their vision, those can be signs of retinal tear or retinal detachment, and that is a condition that needs to be treated. And, and another large group of patients are those who have had recently eye surgery. Infection is usually the kind of a most devastating um, a problem that can happen after any eye surgery. So if you have pain that is getting worse after eye surgery, uh, discharge that is kind of a green or yellow, um, or the vision is getting worse, as opposed to getting better after the surgery, they should go to the emergency room. Thank you so much for that. that. That's a great review of emergency symptoms. And Dr. Lesia Shuba, thank you so much for getting us up to speed on the conditions that can compromise vision and how often you need to be checked. Thank you so much for speaking with us on The Dose. Thank you so much, Dr. Goldman, for inviting me and for your interest in vision. It is very precious to all of us. It sure is. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Dr. Lesia Shuba is an associate professor in the Department of Ophthalmology and Visual Sciences at Dalhousie University and the director of the Dalhousie Glaucoma Fellowship. Here's your dose of smart advice. Everyone, regardless of how well they see, needs regular eye exams to check vision and look for eye diseases. Early detection means they can be treated before any significant vision loss. The frequency of checkups depends on your age, vision, and whether or not you have diseases that can affect vision, like diabetes. Children should have a comprehensive eye exam before they go to kindergarten. Adults under the age of 65 with no health or vision problems should have an eye exam every two years and annually if they have diabetes or a family history of glaucoma. Those age 65 and older should have an eye exam every year. Ophthalmologists are medical specialists who provide full eye care. They diagnose and treat complex eye diseases and perform eye surgery. Optometrists are professionals who provide many of the same services as ophthalmologists. You can see an optometrist for a screening eye exam. 
During that assessment, you'll be checked for several eye conditions that can cause loss of vision. They include cataracts, glaucoma, age-related macular degeneration, and diabetes. A healthy lifestyle helps preserve your vision. That means regular exercise, weight loss, and lots of orange, yellow, and green vegetables. Reducing eye exposure to UV radiation helps prevent macular degeneration and cataracts. Prevent dry eyes by giving them a rest from computer screens and by using artificial tears. Seek emergency eye care if you have sudden vision loss or visual distortion, severe eye pain, flashes, or floaters in your vision. If you have topics you'd like discussed or questions answered, our email address is thedose at cbc.ca. If you like this episode, please give us a rating and review wherever you listen. This edition of The Dose was produced by Isabel Gallant. Our senior producer this week is Jeff Goods. The Dose wants you to be better informed about your health. If you're looking for medical advice, see your healthcare provider. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Until your next dose. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.